The following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome back to the 11pm Somewhere Podcast. My name is Ian, this is episode 7, and this is where we sort through the aftermath, the hangovers, the headaches, and certainly the dodgy tums and dodgy asses after the all-tech brews and beers and food uh, conference that went on in the Dublin Conference Centre over the last three days. Uh, first of all, I just want to say... Uh, guys over at Alltech, man, you put on one hell of a fucking show, it was really, really good, but the one thing that let you guys down was the on-site sort of catering, just having that one place up in the left-hand corner, man, wish you had some better food there, but hopefully you take that on board for next year and you uh, sort out some decent, 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 decent food for us, apart from some uh, chicken black bean stew or some chili or some hot dogs or some... uh, pretty scary looking fucking soup um but otherwise you know fantastic event to go to i'm kind of just sorry that i only got to go to one of the days which was yesterday um you know what let's just dive into like so walk into the place is there and bring on my other half of me she's not particularly uh fond of the whole beer thing she's not really a drinker either so uh that was kind of always going to be a bit of an eye opener but i did say hey there's going to be some good food here and there's some good uh irish um uh, food companies here as well, so you know what, if you, the beer thing just isn't your thing, at least there'll be some good stuff there, and, you know, there was, she got some, hooked up with some Man of Aaron Fudge, and got to try out her couple of bits and pieces as well, Broderick stuff, uh, you know, she likes her chocolate, I like my beer, it's a good combination, uh, but anyway, so, what happened was, I just want to review, like, some of the, uh, things that I, I'd kind of seen yesterday, and, some of the beers that I tried, and so, and, and just get into that some of that thing. But I also want to talk about uh, sort of yesterday. I went there, and this was sort of my first beer conference type thing that I'd actually gone to. So it was kind of a big deal. I was trying to figure out like what the fuck I was going to expect and what I was going to see and how I was going to manage uh, the invasion of like a ton of good beer and you know what like any good sort of explorer i mean yesterday i was like uh i was like edmund hillary and then i needed a tenzing norgay and i got a fucking tenzing norgay uh in the form of wayne who does the irish beer snob blog uh which was great wayne was like my eyes and ears taking me up the mountain and going dude you should go check this out or you should try this beer and it was uh it was kind of like a shit ton of fun and then i also met his other half janice who's part of the uh Dublin uh, Ladies Craft Beer Club, uh, which was really, really cool as well. And it was we had a, sort of a really good, solid afternoon of, uh, like, egg chasing on the big screen. So we were watching the Ireland-Wales game as well, try, char, trying out a shit ton of really great beer. And uh, Wayne going, come with me, I have to show you this beer. And just taking me around to some really, really cool, uh, meet some really, really cool people. And also catching up with people like Sam from Black Skin Sale, uh, meeting the ladies of N17, which was uh, pretty cool as well. Trying out White Gypsy, which has kind of been a, a, a brewing company that I really wanted to try their stuff for a while. And on, anytime I go try it somewhere, like they never have it, which is kind of a bit of a pain in the ass, but it was good to be able to try some of their beer. And then also being able to try the, uh, 
the craft beer cup winner as well, Koizbo, which was actually really cool, trying their Russian Imperial Stout, which was the fucking bomb. And you know what? Uh, their number four, which is a single batch, they, I, they really deserve to win for that. It was just fucking stunning. It was a really, really good beer too. Uh, so, you know, let's get the other thanks out of the way. Wayne, Janice, thank you very much. It was like, a, it was really cool to have like a eyes and ears and to know, to go around and try all these beers, meet these people as well. I also want to say a special thanks to uh, Patrick over and Brew. Uh, thank you for giving me your time. It was amazing to be able to sit there and just talk to you very briefly. I'm kind of sorry I wasn't able to get any audio off the floor. Just like the sound in the place. There was fucking tons of people. So it was but it next to near impossible to try and uh, get any interviews done or capture any audio really to be able to use on the show without sort of dragging someone away from their stand and you know taking them, them away from being able to meet with people who they're trying to talk to about their beers and their products and it would have been pretty unfair to do so so I was like fuck it I'll just catch up with a lot of these uh, guys and gals over the next sort of uh, couple of months when I'm trying to get more uh, Brewers of Ireland uh, interviews going on so I can progress that series more and more uh, but you know one of the uh, the uh, sort of breweries that I got to uh, try yesterday, some of their amazing stuff, was Windsor and Eaton, who are a British brewer, and uh, they had a Pilsner there, and anyone who knows me knows I am not a fucking fan of Pilsner in general, like Pilsner and me... Uh, you know, it's it, it's a it's a relationship I'd almost consider like almost over if that's a if that's a thing, and I'm thinking it is a fucking thing at this point. Um, I'm pretty much like uh, sold on my IPAs. I love my IPAs, and I love seriously hoppy IPAs and IPAs with good solid ABVs and a whole shit ton of IBUs all up in your face. Um, and it's usually because I love the dynamics of those kind of beers coming, the, the, the surprise that they sort of bring upon you. Uh, it's kind of like a dude jumping out of a closet with a knife and I'm going to scream, hash, scream mask in his face going, um, and they they had one called Republica, which, you know, Wayne was like, dude, you have got to try this. This is something that, like, if you're going to talk about proper Pilsner, this is like Pilsner like giving it a grade A standard and just tried it and was like wow that's incredible um, and it, you know what it actually I was tasting it was like Jesus that would actually nearly make me want to drink Pilsner again but only if I could drink that because anything else I tried I wasn't really a, a massive fan of but it was their Conqueror and I tell you what I had the regular Conqueror beer, right, which was uh, kind of like a black IPA, right, which is like just fucking hopped out the bollocks with Cascade, right, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then I tried their 1075, and the, the only way I can describe this 1075 is, imagine if you were to sort of take the ice box process to their Conqueror beer, where you're kind of like you're siphoning off some of the water through ice, uh, so you're getting a... Um, you're dehydrating in one respect and concentrating it, and it was like almost sticking your nose into a big fuck off barley wine, and it was a barley wine I drank recently by Flying Dog, which had this amazing pungent aroma to it. This thing had it as well. It was like sticking your nose into molasses and a very sweet molasses in a port, and it was kind of like this cross between uh, sticking your nose into port and sticking your nose into TNP. Um, or, or, or any of those kind of really, really heavy-ish barley wines. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And the taste of it was like, I didn't know what to, 
like, Jesus Christ, my tongue didn't know whether to shit or wind its watch. It was just incredible how much flavor was going on. A really, really stunning beer. And I'm just fucking sorry that I, um, like, I, we needed to cut and run out of there yesterday because, like, we live in the asshole of nowhere. I'm kind of limited to fucking how we get out of Dublin City and get home, especially considering one of us was drinking quite heavily. Um, and I didn't know whether she'd actually see it in there that she'd want to try, so, uh, it kind of limited the options, but I was sorry I didn't actually go and buy any of it, so now my mission for the next while is to try and see how I can get some of that and get it shipped to me, which is great. But I also tried their, uh, they had this beer called a Kuanor, and this beer was utterly, utterly stunning, and Wayne was like, dude, you, if you think about like uh, going for a Thai food or anything else, they've got this beer which is flavoured with fucking jasmine, and I'm like fucking jasmine in my beer are you fucking crazy i was like no 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 no! you have to try this you have to try this so he uh get me a little bit of this and i try and I'm like whoa this and i was just as i was sort of drinking it the first taste in my mouth i was getting was first thought that went through my head was jesus this will be great with some fucking caribbean food like some gorgeous jerk chicken uh and some lovely like rice and peas and and just getting all of those flavors going on and like loads of fucking habanero in there. This will be fantastic with that. And the other part of me was like, Jesus, this will be amazing. But like a really good, solid uh, burrito that's loaded up with some habanero sauce. Um, I am a fiend for fucking chili. Um, and you know what? And it, it, I actually will do what I'm going to do a show one of these days where I'm talking. I'm going to talk about the progression of like when you... Uh, fall into craft beer and you start finding your way through hops and loving hops and it's almost the same fucking progression as going along through chili and your love of chili and how you learn to define uh, tastes of chilies once you get past the whole heat thing uh, I think that would be kind of interesting to do it's just kind of like a side part to a show I might do that some sometime in the future but anyway this Kuhnor beer wow it was incredible um, I was really really impressed by that and it, this was an IPA, uh, which was, again, um, IPA, I'm, I'm so there and I'm so into that. And it's, uh, again, really, really impressive. Uh, so I'm thinking like Windsor and Eaton, uh, definitely going to be a bird and I'm going to be keeping an eye out for some of their stuff. Um, also, I got to try some of the Black's Kinsale uh, beers as well. I tried their Pale Ale, which was just fucking mind-blowing. Uh, Wayne was like, you know, I rate this this uh, this pale ale like hugely, and he's like, he's like, you know what, you have to try this. And I stick my nose in the thing, and I am literally just knocked off my feet. The aromas in it are amazing. Uh, the citra in there with the cascade, just oh, I was utterly stunned. And what's funny is citra to me is one of those fucking hops that's like marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Um, I like citra because I love those mango aromas to get out of it. It's a shitty bittering hop by under by any stretch of the means, um, but it, but for aromas, when you get enough of it in there, it's like big mango flavors up in your face, which is incredible. The color off it was great as well, and you know the finish in it was beautiful, and I could totally see why he was uh, he was so enamored with it. And then he was like, "You should also make sure you track that try that black IPA," and I got some of that in too, and I was just like, "Wow, that is stunning." As I get through more and more of these black IPAs, um, you know, it's very, very easy to see, like, how wide the gap actually is. Like, yeah, what's funny is for IPAs, there's, okay, there's some shitty IPAs out there, and it's a given, right? There are some alright IPAs out there, there are some fucking stellar IPAs out there, and then there are some which are just beyond, beyond words, and you're just like, when you get one, you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe I put my hands in one of these fuckers. 
this is one of those uh, their IPA without sort of kidding like everyone knows I'm a bit of a whore for Brewdog and I make no fucking uh, apologies for it like beer is completely subjective I love every beer that I've had from the guys I've actually really really liked I actually haven't come across a shitty beer from them yet the only thing which I found really fucking weird was uh, Sink the Bismarck which was just insane but when you consider that that's like a, a super concentrated form of their hardcore IPA like it's no wonder it's it's a total world apart from like their tactical nuclear penguin, which is very very portish uh, in its makeup. Whereas uh, Sink the Bismarck is just where they have just fucking iceboxed the shit out of um, out of hardcore IPA, where it's just super super concentrated. So it's a very very different animal. Um, but you know the the stuff from uh, Blacks there, like Pale Ale, I was just like wow. And I got to actually talk to Sam. Uh, very very briefly and you know when someone like sam and you're saying to him jesus christ dude i love your beer and then in the same breath he's like well i listen to your podcast and i kind of like it too and i was like fuck my podcast your beer is incredible (laughs) i don't give a shit about my podcast at this point i love your beer your beer is amazing um i was really really taken with that and you know what my go-to beer in general is Punk IPA or Hardcore IPA. They're always the two that I will pretty much go to. Or a Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA. Uh, uh, extra IPA. Um, they're pretty much the ones I'll generally go for or go gunning for. Or maybe now, like in recent times, I've, like, I've really taken a shine to McKellar uh, Gold. Uh, green and Gold. I really, really like that too. It's a, it's a stunning, stunning uh, IPA. Especially if you just want a, a beer that you just want to sit over and drink for the evening and you want it to be your session beer like they're they would generally be my go-tos for sessions to be quite honest and there are some people like jesus christ ain't hardcore ipa is your session you fucking goddamn right it would be my session beer uh but there i pale ale you know what if i could put my hands in it like that would be it i absolutely really adored it sam i really want to thank you for your time i'm gonna fucking hold you to coming on the show um we're gonna find a way to make that happen as well uh the girls in n17 wow they're right ale jesus i actually had the dry hopped one with cascade and it was fucking it was a really solid uh really really solid rye ale um and you know what i am not a huge fan of rye ale and i'm not a huge and again it sort of comes down to like i don't really like rye beers um it's just a personal preference of me and again i suppose the uh this is going to sound really fucking funny but i'm going to explain i'm going to try and explain it as best i can uh kentucky bourbon were there yesterday and i think it was maybe about mm, six months ago at this point my good buddy frank was like hey put your hands on some uh kentucky uh get some of our barrel aged um uh, beer and i was like okay so i found one in, in o'brien's opened it up and the first mouthful, all I can say is, was like taking a fucking shot of whiskey, like a and a shot of uh, like Jack Daniels first, and I all I got was the whiskey taste first, and then the beer afterwards, and the beer afterwards was kind of uh, uh, boring in respect. But the big fucking shot of whiskey up front when you're tasting it was like Jesus, I'm, like I'm not a big whiskey drinker anymore. I stopped drinking whiskey a long, long time ago. Um, just because, like, if, for me, like, you drink whiskey, it wasn't a case of, like, you just drinking whiskey because you like drinking whiskey. I was drinking whiskey because it was great to get fucking hammered on. Uh, drinking whiskey mixed with Goldschlager and mixed with Jägermeister and, uh, like, having a shot of Coca-Cola in there, like, that's just fucking messed up. My, my, that's my recipe for a black tooth grin. It's also a recipe for a fucking amazing hangover. Um, but, sort of, when I always think rye, I always think of, like, uh, 
like American style whiskies that are made at rye, and I'm just like, mm, no, not my fucking deal. Uh, but you know what? It was actually really, really nice. I got in the color of it again. Really, really good. Um, and you know what was really cool is their second beer, which is their oatmeal stout. They actually managed to pick up a silver medal yesterday. They're only they're only a new brewer, and it just shows the standard of people when they're coming in and they're really passionate about beer and they go and build a fucking brand of beer and they're they're into their second beer only they've made and it's already won an old tech silver medal like that's fucking incredible and like, congratulations you guys that was incredible um so like that's a really fucking solid start and you know i hope it gives you a fantastic platform to build get your beer out there get it around to more people hopefully you come up with some more, some other great beers and you know what they do something that I utterly love, and which is the zero waste policy when it comes to the production of their beer, in terms of reusing uh, the spent grains and the rest of it. And it, that's I keep making note of all these little things I see other brewers doing uh, with their beer and when their their processes for beers and everything else. Um, I know Brewdog do something similar as well, but nowhere near to the extent of what the ladies over in N17 do. And I totally appreciate that because that's just. Again, that's a brewer thinking about more than just a product, but what they do with the uh, the leftovers from their product and what they use and the, how they reuse the waste products of what they do. And again, I, I love things like that. It's just they really sort of stick home with me and they make me very, very happy when people do it. But I'll tell you what, there was one surprise that I had yesterday and I was fucking totally not expecting this. And that was a... Um, a brewing company called Espiga, who are a Catalonian brewing company. Now, that's to me, that's just strange enough as it is, but they actually did um, like an American style pale ale, which was really, really, really good. Uh, and I, again, I was really surprised. Like a, a Catalonian beer company doing an American style pale ale um, using Simcoe, using Cascade, using pale and cara malts. Um, which was uh, a, a really, really surprising to see that. Um, and you know what? I really they were looking to see about trying to get their beer into the Irish market. They said that it was uh, quite a bit difficult to. The lady I was talking to, I can't remember her name, and I feel really bad about that. But um, she was saying that it was very, very difficult in Spain to try and gain any traction because the craft beer movement is it's like it's like um. It's not even at the point where it's just being born. It's so new and trying to get people to come around to drinking stuff other than Estrella, uh, other beers than San Miguel, um, or drinking other than wine because wine is such a big fucking thing in Spain and the things, especially like uh, when you think about their their cavas and everything else. Um, very very difficult market to get going, but you know what? She was very very optimistic that she would be able to get her beer outside. Uh, and try and bring success from the outside back in. Uh, again, not really unusual. There are some people who've taken that route as well. And if you look in the Irish beer market at the moment, uh, the guys in McGargles, I suppose, have done something similar. Where they've taken their, they've they've tried to build up externally to help give them a war chest to start going after the internals, get their brewery planted down here in Kilcock, and get that going. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, again, Brewdog, a great example. Sweden is their biggest market and they come inwards um, and you know there's there's nothing wrong with that in a lot of respects and I, you know I really hope that they uh, their Bruna uh, is their platform to get some going because it was actually really really solid and it was uh, I was I was quite taken with it it was a very 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 tasty beer as well um, now when I was 
sort of walking around them, looking at all the beers and everything else. Uh, the one beer style that I couldn't find, I mean, I could find a shit ton of different type of uh, porter stouts, imperials, a uh, ton of pale ales, a ton of IPAs, a ton of red ales. Uh, there was a couple of lambics there, but they were sort of the usual suspects you see in there, like Creek, and then with the apples and everything else, and the then there's the Yank beers, you know, the Sierra Nevadas, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. And there was a couple of really good um, uh, ciders in there, but again, cider and me not particularly good friends, so I don't really, get, I didn't really care for trying them. Uh, and that isn't me being down on the people who make them, because you know what, my uncle Harry used to make some fantastic scrumpy back in the day uh, when he was around. And um, I used to love the, the process of how he made it, and I have a great appreciation for it. But you know what? It's we've just had so many fucking bad ciders um, in Ireland just over the years, where like, Bulmers slash Magners is a fucking definition of cider, which is horseshit, and it isn't. And when you go into the like, supermarkets and you're trying to see um, the different types of ciders you can get, and you're you're even more limited uh, than you are with some of the craft beers. Um, and so I mean, maybe it's something I come back to later on when I grow a taste for it again, but uh, probably not. Um, I actually couldn't come across a fucking single sour beer yesterday. That was just unbeffing leaveable. Um, and you know what's funny is I, there was um, there's an off license uh, in Clondalkin. Uh, it's a carry out off license, and um, I'd actually asked them. They're like, "Hey, if there's any beers you think that we can put your put our hands on for you, give us a shout. We'll try and put them." And you know, they've been trying to find me some Dogfish Head, and they're still having looking around. But the one thing they're like, "Shoot, they're." And I said to them, "Look, can you find me some Berliner Weisse?" Uh, and it was, it was specifically that kind of one I was looking for. Maybe one of the ones from Kindle, uh, Berliner Weisse Kindle. Uh, and they were like, "Dude, you are shit. <laughs> Look, you've got like our, I, I, I commend you on your on your tasting beer, like uh, for being like so so out there and everything else. But you know what? You will not find any of that here. And I'm just like, for the love of God. So like anyone who's out there is involved in the importation of beer, I'm fucking begging you, even if it's just for me. If you can like make sure that I've got like a steady supply of like some Berliner Weisse beer, which is a, an amazing beer. If you've never had it." in its natural form, or you've had it with the syrups, oh, for the love of God, just someone get their hands in it, or if someone knows anyone who can put their hands in it for me, give me a shout. That is my way of saying, hook a brother up with some goddamn beer. Um, other notables as well, is I actually got to try the, uh, the Rua on draft, uh, from Brew. Again, wow. Uh, I've got a bottle of that, which is like so fresh, like it was literally about two weeks in the bottle. Uh, when I got it down in the wine house and trimmed again thanks to Roddy down there for hooking me up and also Wayne for going hey get down there because I've practically cleaned them out of foam and fury and I got one bottle um, dude thank you very much for leaving me one bottle I said this yesterday thanks for leaving me with at least one uh, I went down there and I got some of that and I tried it and it's still sitting there because he's, he said to me hey the stuff is literally only new and in the bottle uh, let it rest for a couple of weeks. It'll be like a steak. It gets hung. It'll get better after a couple of weeks, and then crack that some bitch open. So hopefully in the next two weeks I'll get to go and crack that open. Um, but trying it on draft is like uh, calling it a red ale is, is again I said this. It's a disservice to call it a red ale, even though it has all the characteristics of red ale, but it has all those cascades in there, cascade hops in there. Uh, again, really, really stunning. And was, you know what? When I try more and more. Of all these sort of Irish craft beers that are out there, I am more and more convinced that we literally 
are staring up the mountain at this point in time. I don't think we're even like up on the footsteps in the mountain where we are for craft beer in this country. Uh, not by a fucking long shot. And you know what? I'm, I really and truly do believe that if you are one of the big boys and you're looking at your market in this country, there's your two approaches you can take. You can shit yourself and try and fight uh, fire with fire. And that means maybe big guys buying more craft brewers in this country, like what happened with Molson Coors buying Franciscan Well. Um, or maybe you become like a, one of the, like what they do, uh, Molson Coors do with uh, Blue Moon. They don't openly advertise Blue Moon. They don't say anywhere on this that it is a Molson Coors owned beer. And they try to make it look as if it's independent. Uh, I like to call that a crafty beer. Uh, I'm not the only one who uses this term. I think it's a fantastic fucking term. A crafty beer. Something that's like a stealth. Um, you know what? I think we are going to have in the next couple of years some fantastic brewers out there. I mean, if the girls in N17 know what they're doing, if that's anything to fucking go by as a start, like you get two beers in, you're less than two months old, and you win a fucking silver medal at Alltech. Like, that's a huge fucking deal. Like, massive deal that someone has done that. And you know what, it, it only proves that things are going to get better, we are going to have less fizzy piss, we're going to have more amazing beers, more great choice, and I'd love it if we got to the stage in the next couple of years where things are in the US, you know, where you go to all these different places and there's a ton of craft beers out there to be tried. I mean, let's not forget, only a couple of weeks back, the guys in... Uh, what is it, J.W. Sweetman, they like won an award for like being one of the four best uh, IPAs or something in the world, something like that. Uh, they won an award for, for their uh, efforts. Again, huge deal as well. I mean, we don't make enough of a deal about it. In fact, uh, I, I kind of get the impression sometimes maybe we're a little resentful of um, brewers in this country who who get on well and start like uh, working their way through their shit and trying to get their beers out there. And you know what, I'm so looking forward to being able to try more and more of these beers. Get to talk to more and more of the brewers that are out there about what they're doing, um, about what drives them, what sort of interests them in terms of like how they want to approach brewing, what kind of beer styles they want to get in there and try. And I really hope we end up with this fantastic fucking melting pot of like, all these global beer styles sort of arriving in Ireland, because it's the one thing we are kind of short on. If you think about trying to find your way around through some Japanese-style beers in this country, very, very limited. Putting your hands on sour beer, fucking forget about it. Um, trying to get your hands on, like, a, like double box and, and, and triples and everything else. Like, again, or even some lambics as well in this country. Just trying to put your hands on a huge variety of them. We're not there yet. We're still quite young. And you know what, it makes me hugely hopeful. And, you know, my sort of one mission with this podcast is find more and more of these brewers and to see what other beers are coming down the line and to find out what other people's favorite beers are uh, and what sort of beers give them their driving inspiration to grow what they're actually doing and what they're putting out into the market. And you know what, it's going to be a fantastic journey. And like I think it's next month there's also going to be uh, the Irish Craft Beer Festival, which will be on in CHQ in Dublin. Myself and Wayne will be attending um, and you know what, I, I actually have got to say this to the, to the guy, like, I can't wait to have him jump on a podcast. Like, spending an afternoon with the dude, like, about beer, is like, what, the guy is, like, super excited about beer, and when I see someone else is super excited about trying different beers, 
uh, it kind of like takes my excitement and rolls it up into a ball and makes it bigger. It's like a snowball rolling down the side of a hill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know what? I can't wait to be able to share that kind of excitement uh, with people on the podcast. Anyone who knows Wayne knows like what a really, really cool and a nice guy he is. Um, and that's not me sort of blowing smoke up his ass. Uh, he just really is a good guy. So, Wayne, Janice, thank you very much for yesterday. I want to say thanks again to all the brewers yesterday who gave me some of their time to talk about uh, their beers. And, uh, again, the kind words it's, that people were, had to say about the podcast, I was really, really not expecting that at all. Um, that really took me by surprise. As I was standing there in my hoodie of power, uh, vanquishing fizzy piss one fucking glass at a time. Uh, and, again, a huge thanks to the guys in Al's Tees, uh, alstees.com. A-L-S-T-W-E-S.com uh, like hooked me up with a hoodie like last minute after an American supplier they had just totally fucked me uh, and like turned an amazing hoodie out for me logo came out perfect on the back great say no to fizzy piss like going from shoulder to wrist on one arm uh, like a really really good job if you want to go get some t-shirts done up or you want to get some hoodies done up or iPhone covers or anything else done up go talk to Al Check out altsteez.com. I really can't recommend them enough. And you know what? When you hear that sound, that means there's last order. So next week, check back in the podcast. Either one of two things are going to happen. One, there's going to be myself and Wayne on the podcast. Or two, it will be myself and James Wynan from Vanguard Beer. Uh, you can flip a coin to see what happens. I don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But in the meantime... We have a new URL for the website. It's called www.11pmsomewhere.com. I'm in the process of getting a brand new site built. I've seen some of the criticism about Tumblr. Yes, Tumblr is a bit crap. Uh, Jellycast has been getting on my fucking nerves as well in terms of the feed, getting a little fucked up at times. Uh, so we're going to be rebuilding it out on there. If you want, hit it be up on Twitter, at 11pm somewhere. We're almost at 200 uh, followers on the Twitter machine, which is, again, it's incredible in itself, considering the podcast is less than two months old. And the amount of downloads it's getting through, you guys are killing my fucking bandwidth, and that's a really good complaint for me to have, by the way. Uh, so thanks again for stopping by and checking the show. And you know what? May the next beer that you have in your glass be an Irish one, and it be a fucking mind blower. Thanks again. <laughs>